0: The Mariners have been linked to one of the top starters left on the trade market by none other than John Paul Morosi. We will talk about if that trade even makes sense, and as well as all the other things that Morosi has gotten wrong. And then we'll talk a little bit about the international free agent signing period coming up in the next couple of days. Thank you so much for watching episode 49 of the Hit It Here podcast, part of the Believe Network. Joe, how are you? I am doing very, very well. Glad we're bringing that segment back because it's a good day. And it's a good day to leave us a five-star review on your preferred audio platform. If you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple, or whatever other ones, leave us a review. It'd be greatly appreciated. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you like the video. But things that we don't like, Colton, is when John Paul Morosi's just yapping, Mm. okay? There's been countless times this offseason where it just seems like we log on to Twitter. We're seeing something, if, if anything's happening, in terms of the Mariners. And John Paul Morosi has dropped another, I don't want to say a bomb, because that's reserved for passing, I think. He's the one that you want to look out for. Morosi, it's just, it's a stinker, okay? And this newest one, I think it might be the most far fetched out of any of the ones that we've come across so far. And I, so it's Dylan Cease, okay? A guy that has been in the trade conversation the entire offseason because the White Sox and Chris Getz, they're like, we're just going to blow it up. No one's off the table. Why not? Let's just trade everybody. And as far as destinations go, the Mariners and Dylan Cease never really felt like a very good mix. And I don't know even where this is coming from, from John Morosi, if I'm being honest with you. Yeah, honestly, like this whole trade idea for Dylan Cease to the Mariners, I wouldn't put a butt on it. But you know what I would do? It's put a bet on bet online with NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing bet online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news and scores. And I would be remiss if I did not mention the national championship for college football, the university of Washington Huskies are in the natty baby go dogs, January 8th against Michigan. It's going to be a banger. So make sure if you guys want to place a bet on it, bet online is the place to go. They've got additional odds, lines, trends, and info available to you both on desktop and mobile. So you can access the world's best wagering information anytime, any place. If you wanted to place a straight bet, check out some parlays maybe or wanted to place a bet on some player props, bet online has you covered there. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds and remember to use promo code believe, that's B L E A V to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online It's where the game starts. So, yeah, I just don't understand why the Mariners would be linked to Dylan Cease. Obviously, one of the better starters left on this market. He'd be a free agent after the 2025 season, so you'd have two years of control with him. But you're going to have to give up probably one of Bryce Miller or Brian Wu in those trade talks, as well as some of your uh, top-end talent down in the minor leagues. I don't know if it would take, like, necessarily Colt Emerson or, you know, Lazaro Montez or something like that, but you're probably fishing in that area. And I think that... If you're the Mariners, I don't see why it would make sense for you to go out and get Dylan Cease when you have to give up one of Wu or Miller, because that still does not fill out the problem that you have, which is getting bats. And if the Mariners were to do that, maybe they'd then flip Cease for the bats they need. Maybe they don't think they can get the impact bats they want. With Wu or Miller, they want somebody a little more proven like Dylan Cease, then sure. But overall, I just think that it is the most ridiculous and strange Dylan Cease to the Mariners rumor it's just ridiculous. It makes no sense that Morosi is linking these two teams. and if it happens, I am going to be incredibly surprised. I will get the Yapper tattooed on my body somewhere if this goes through and Dylan cease is a Seattle Mariner put it in pen or ink I guess it's just like there it feels like there's no grounds for this rumor and Like the original linking in the MLB Network segment that they did, it was to the Baltimore Orioles, which I think is a destination that has made sense the entire offseason, even the Braves, but they just traded Chris for Chris Sale and had to give up Vaughn Grissom. And so like looking at that package for Chris Sale and comparing it to like what Dylan Cease might cost because he's younger, doesn't have as much injury history. You're right in the fact that it would probably cost Miller or Wu in this package. But if you don't go that route, you try and trade from just like a prospect latent package it's gonna take the top talent it's gonna take colt emerson or cole young i hope like for me in with where the roster stands right now i don't think you can you i don't want to trade cole young or harry ford those are probably my my two that are very much so locks on not trading for a guy like dylan cease who was a Cy Young top three literally just a year ago. I know Alec Manoa is in that same conversation, okay? I understand it was Verlander, Manoa, and Cease, which is a weird trio in 2022 to look back on. But the prospect package that we'd have to give to the White Sox, it just, I think it would cost too much for what then we would have to trade either Miller or Wu in a package for bats, or if we just flip Cease. But, like, that doesn't make any sense to me either. It's the same argument of, like, we just extended Luis Castillo on a pretty decent contract in terms of how money is looking in the pitching market, and then we want to trade him to relieve payroll. Like, that also doesn't make sense to me either. So, like, if we're acquiring Dylan Cease, for whatever reason, it's to have him pitch for the Mariners in 2024. And, like you said, yeah, I mean, it would almost, like, be the same thing if you were to trade Dylan Cease or to trade... Because he's going to make, what, $8 million next year? Yeah, it's 8.8, so 8, I think, our ar- arbitration projection. That is a great deal for Dylan Cease. Like, that is an incredible value. When you're giving Giolito $19 million a year. 100%. Dylan Cease's market, after the Giolito signing and the Montas signing, went through the roof. And same with somebody like Bryce Miller or Brian Wu. But Cease has been there, done that. He has proven that he is a force in the middle of any rotation. Whereas Miller and Wu, you know, you could say, hey... They were good for a year. And to be fair, Montas was like that. He was good for a couple of years, and then he was pretty bad recently over the past two. And now he is, you know, making $16 million a year. So trading for Dylan Cease, when you claim you don't have the payroll, it's going to cost you some of your top talent. In no way, shape, or form does it make sense. But God, I want it to happen now because I want it to get tattooed on your body. Yeah, you, you need that. I, I need that. Yeah. And the thing with Dylan Cease is that he's always had issues with his command. Like he mm-hmm. led the league in walks in 2022 while being a, a top three Cy Young, which is pretty incredible. But followed that up next year with 79 walks in the previous year was 78. So he's still not figured out his command. He had a 180 ERA plus in 2022 but a 97 last year and it was a down year for I think just about everybody on the White Sox aside from Luis Robert Jr. So it's like how much would a change of scenery really help Dylan Dillon I think it could quite a bit and especially you know take some of the heat off of him at the top of that rotation whatever team he goes to sure he could still be the number one but the guys behind Dylan Cease in that White Sox rotation and in the bullpen were not doing him any favors. I Also, the guys in the field really weren't doing him any favors either. So he's going to go to a contender because any team in the right mind that wants an ace in this pitching market, I think paying $8 million for Dylan Cease while having to give up some prospects in a trade package, it would make sense. But going back a bit here for John Morosi and why we just don't really have much faith aside from the lack of like just logic with this rumor, is that he's gotten a ton of things wrong this offseason, and it's maybe not, I want to say wrong, maybe it's just him kind of, like, putting feelers out into the universe, and how valid a rumor is, or how much, how much credibility a rumor has that he's just kind of putting out there, like, at the beginning of the offseason, it's like, Heimer Candelario is a fit for the Mariners at third base, and it's like, okay, yes, that was right after the Geno trade, so, like, I think any third baseman on the market would have been a fit. Was that him necessarily linking the Mariners and Heimer Candelario together? Not necessarily, but Colton, there is a laundry list of players and just transactions that Morosi specifically has linked the Mariners to. And let, let's let's dive in. Yeah, I mean, I think the big one has been Cody Bellinger, which is who we all wanted at the start of this offseason. But yeah, he has linked Cody Bellinger to the Mariners saying that, you know, they need a free agent bat, blah, blah. And then it was rumored that he was going to get 200 something million dollars. Like, no. No. That's not that was I think it was after that it was rumored he was gonna get that much money. He was like, The Mariners are players for Cody Bellinger. It's like, no, they're not. Don't lie to We're us. Like, anybody with a brain knows that they're not. Reese Hoskins is another one that we've also, you know, talked about. He's basically playing the the same game that we are over here on the content side of things. Just like, hey, there's a name out there. Could this be a fit for the Mariners? Even if it doesn't necessarily make sense to everybody, could this be a fit? But when you're somebody like John Paul Morosi and you have that much say. And that much poll, it's a little different than when you're a Mariners content channel just saying, Hey, does this make sense? Yeah, and you're John Paul Morosi who talks about news and you're leaking out names like Reese Hoskins, like Cody Bellinger, the ESOC Parade stuff, along with the Randy Rosarena stuff. Like, that's scary. If you're John Paul Morosi, you gotta, you gotta tune it back a little bit and say, Hey, just so you know, I have no source here. I have no <laughs> source. I'm just saying that this makes sense. And Morosi has no source, I feel like, on half of these things that he said, it's not even close. So what who who is your favorite so far? Yap. Yeah. What's your favorite yap? Yeah. I think the one that just kind of like came out of nowhere was Josh Naylor. And that's yeah. obviously still the Mariners have Ty France on their roster and this was before we signed Mitch Garver. So back then it was, you know, oh, this idea is that they'll just alternate playing for space together. That's what the Guardians kind of did with Josh Bell and Josh Naylor at the beginning of last year anyways. And it just kind of like Came out of nowhere. Like they've had internal discussions about a potential trade with Josh Naylor in the. I was like, where is this coming from? Why would that even like? How does that conversation even start from the Guardians' point of view? And I just I don't know it's because sometimes those little those little rumors they catch some they they catch some traction. You know they start rolling downhill. They're gaining momentum, and either talks develop and then he ends up being right, <laughs> or. They're just completely stalled. You don't hear anything about it ever again. And I think that's kind of what happened with Josh Naylor is that nothing ever happened after that initial, like, hey, Josh Naylor, Mariners. And I don't know if that's dependent on the Mitch Garver signing, like, you know, I, I kind of mentioned. And there the thing that's interesting about Morosi for me is he has actually been right on a couple things. Like, last year, it was the Teo trade, and that's, I think, what just boosted his pedestal to just be like, hey, anything and everything, I'm just going to throw it out to the universe and hope it sticks. And he did mention Mitch Garver as a potential fit, saying, like, Soler and Martinez might not be the right market for them, but Garver could be. It's a guy to watch out for. And and well, behold, Mitch Garber was the guy. But Colton, who has been your favorite yap? Is it Ballinger? I, I feel like it's got to be Dylan Cease, just because it's just... just the one that makes the least sense. When you were explaining it to me yesterday, no, so you... pull back the curtain a little bit. All right, friends of the channel, I did not watch what had been talked about in that. I was at work, so I didn't get to see like what was talked about in that little clip of JP Morosi. I thought he was saying that it would make sense for. Dylan Cease to get traded to the Orioles or the Orioles to look for the Mariners pitchers. I had no idea that he had said that the Mariners should, or might try to acquire Cease. Like there'd be players in that conversation. It just makes zero sense. And like, that's why I think it's so funny. The other ones make a little bit of sense. Like at least, you know, Bellinger, it'll never happen. Like money wise, it'll never happen, but the fit is there with the Mariners. The fit is not there. It's just not. Why would the Mariners go out and do such a high-profile trade for someone like Cody Bell, or Jesus, for someone like Dylan Cease, when they need to use their arms... Like, maybe after they trade Wu or Miller, sure. Then, you know, if they trade Brian Wu and they give a prospect-laden package for Dylan Cease, I can see it. But at this very moment, it makes zero sense to me. It's got to be my favorite one of all of them. I just think it's so funny. What do you think is the one that is still out there in the open that could kind of come to fruition? Like, that might... The, the the dice might land on the right ones here for for Morosi. The eight ball says yes. I feel like it's the Paredes Rosarena trade. Okay, like, still on that with, one. With the value of pitching right now, I feel like that if you are the Mariners and you give up like Brian Wu plus I don't know maybe like a reliever or something like that, and then you could probably get both of them. Like I don't know if you get it just one for one for two deal. Yeah, but. I think that if you're willing to give up one of the starting pitchers that you have for a guy who's making a little bit of money in um, Randy Rosarena and then Paredes, what was he making? Like $3 million? $3. 3. 3. 4 or four point three? I don't know. So one of those. that that basically caps you out at that $25 million you've spent this offseason mm-hmm. with 13000000 million you've spent there. Um, but I think it makes the most sense. It is the uh, Rays should still be looking for starting pitching and the market is slowly dwindling. So I think that. Of all the things that he's mentioned, that one makes the most sense. Josh Naylor, I don't think makes any sense. I don't know. What about you? The one that makes the most sense would be, I think, Kepler. But I don't know how much steam that's going to. Like, I think that one has fizzled out the same way Josh Naylor has for whatever reason. And I don't think it. Maybe it's like there's like a hang up in trade talks or whatever. And I maybe they're just kind of like waiting on the dust to settle for certain moves, like chris sale and von grissom having some sort of impact or like that could be completely unrelated to any conversation the mariners are having which it probably is because you know why would teams really care about if like they're not making deals with the mariners like they're not going to like you know it's not going to matter but i I don't know if i have like a favorite one really it's just kind of like i just want to see all like where they all end up at and see how far off he was Mm -hmm. kind of i mean obviously candelario went to the reds yeah Whatever his deal was, I don't even remember what it was. was three point. years, I forty-five. Not what it was, yeah, fifteen million years. Um, I don't know. I think that it's just like Morosi's just throwing things out there, and you know, like I said before, we do that. I'm, I, I see you guys in the comments. All right, we're roster baiting. We know. All right. Have you seen so the the beef on Twitter between Red Sox and Mariners fans? Oh, about the value of like Cutter Crawford would be like this like highly touted pitcher if he was on the Mariners, but since he's on the Red Sox, he's booty cheeks and then. Like switch tweeted something like the same picture format of like Tristan Cassis saying like if he was mm-hmm. on the Mariners he's just like a boring 260 hitter but like when he's on the Red Sox he got the aura and he's like the like you know whatever I'm surprised nothing has come out from Morosi or like outside of just I think the Twitter sphere of ro- like roster kind of like projecting and trying to figure out trades and stuff for the Mariners and Red Sox and I don't know if there's anything even going on there like sure there's a fit. In some capacity, that the Red Sox need young-ish controllable pitching, and the Mar- they you know they have tools or players that the Mariners could theoretically want, but with ha- it it just like over the last couple days, it seems like Mariners and Red Sox Twitter are at war over the fact that they think Logan Gilbert is a bum and that like Jaren Duran is God, mm-hmm. to some capacity. Brian Woo for Von Grisham thoughts. Like if they were to go back in time, um no with the red Sox. <laughs> why would they do that because <laughs> he's better because brian woo's better than chris sale i said it it's true you, you said it if he can say well i don't hmm. you can say if he can stay healthy yeah but both of take them. a look at chris sale yeah yeah uh i i just think the, the value is just different because chris sale if he's healthy going into a, a position where he's going to be a number three or number four, probably behind Strider, Freed. He's not going to have to be as, I think, like, worked as intensely in a very, like, winning environment with Atlanta. Whereas, like, Brian Wu, like, you, you don't know necessarily what you're going to get. But I don't know. It's the same conversation because you don't know what you're going to get with Griseo. And I was prob- young and controllable. Yeah, I'd probably, I mean, I'd probably do Wu for Von Grissom, realistically. But you know? if, I, if I'm the Mariners, I want more than just Von Grissom. Yeah. Like if if we went back like in time, one, and one like, more piece because mm-hmm. then we're getting greedy. I feel Nick. like we wouldn't want that, right? Was no, it Jeff Passan. Yeah. It was passing It was You know, getting a little greedy and yeah, you know. <laughs> what a guy well, that that came back to bite. You know what I'm really greedy about, Joe? What's that? Is our international draft prospects thoughts? <laughs> Why would you say such a thing? There's nothing to be greedy about. I disagree. I want them all. You want them all? Well, too bad. You're only going to get two of the top fifty, which I think it's the same that we got in 2022, right? Yeah. Colin and Celestine, and then Jeter Martinez. Gita Martinez, yeah. Well, in 2023, Colton, where the Mariners are back in it. Yes, sir. Really good transition on my part. You guys are welcome. You're so welcome. Apologies in advance for any mispronunciations because names be a lot. names can be weird. But Joe Doyle, all the way back in September, by the way, has kind of created a thread around who the Mariners could be targeting in the international draft talent pool. And one guy, he's out of the top 50, but he's a Venezuelan catcher and his name is Gabriel Gaunches. And I'm not going to try and put an accent on it because you guys don't want to hear that. But catcher, he's obviously all these international prospects are going to be very, very young, but he... Joe Doyle was kind of detailing how it seems like he's got a good chance to develop into an everyday catcher. He's got a physical frame. He was just taking really good strides in terms of just overall athleticism and just things that make up a ball player. you know, like hit tool, like overall framing, blocking specifically for catchers. And he was developing at a pretty good rate. I haven't seen anything else about him specifically, but I mean, adding catching depth into the prospect pool for the Mariners is never a bad thing, especially with it's a pretty premium position, I'd say can't be like the pirates and have two of the top two in the top 100 but with harry ford probably graduating by the time he even sees rookie ball if anything maybe not even then it'd be a good backfill if he develops well and you know saying there's potential for him to be an everyday regular catcher never a bad thing to have yeah i think that it makes a lot it's very interesting because we haven't really seen a whole lot of at least i mean i could be very wrong on this because i don't pay that much attention to international draft until they eventually finally make their way up because this is a lot to try to pay attention to guys that are eight years away or what have you yeah but this guy for example i don't remember the last time the mariners drafted a international catcher mm. and again i could be very wrong it could have happened last year fall i know accent i'm sure will correct me in the comments yeah but i think that if the mariners are see some, seeing something with this guy a guy who can stay at the catching position. And I, mean, I think he's probably, what, 16, 17 years old at the most, I would assume. Yeah. Um, and he can grow into his own in an organization that has Cal Raleigh and an organization that will have Harry Ford. I think that he's a guy who can de- have his time to develop. He's not going to be rushed to the big leagues, ideally. Mm-hmm. I think that this would be a really good sign for the Mariners because a lot of times when you look at international draft, draft prospects, they always end up being shortstops or second basemen, someone up the middle or center fielders, because they're just the best players on their team. And then usually, eventually, as they get into affiliated ball, they start to get moved around, whether that be to third base or to one of the corner outfields. Like, for example, Julio, they thought he was going to be a right fielder up until like two years before he made his major league debut. He was, of course, an international draft prospect as well. And so I think that signing a guy like this, it's really smart for the Mariners to be able to give him as much time as possible to grow into his own. Because we have seen guys who have, with, with catching being such a premium position... Seeing guys from that grow up in an organization become such a big deal, and I think that Julio is a great example. Ideally, this guy could be the next catching version of Julio, but I don't know. I do think that would be setting the bar pretty high, but you know, it's nice to have some aspirations there. I know Ethan Salas was the number one international prospect last year at the catcher position, and the Padres are moving him rampant through their system. So, I mean, I don't think Gabriel Gouche is anywhere near that plane, but. Who knows? Because these guys could just develop out of nowhere. We'd have no idea. The next guy on this list, the guy that is in the top 50, Leandro Romero, a shortstop, Colton. Like you mentioned, uh, the premier position for a lot of the international draft pool here. But overall, scouting grades across the board, it's just 50s across the board. And these can change overnight. Like it, whether or not his 50 hit, 50 power is going to stay, right? This is all very early on. He's 17. He's six foot one saying that he's got a ton of bat speed and has plenty of raw power that can increase as he fills out his frame is part of the scattering report to me that honestly sounds like more of a third baseman if we're going for like raw power but also shortstop like prototypical build has changed a ton in the last i want to say like three four years where that like insanely athletic power just like five tool shortstop is very prevalent and Leandro Romero is a guy that Joe Doyle has said is a risky low floor, but high ceiling volatile play. And I think in that, I think anywhere outside of like maybe like the top 25, top 30 for the international pool, that's probably what you're going to kind of find is sure they might develop into something, but more often than not, it's not going to happen. And with this style of play and this type of player, the low floor, high ceiling, especially with how the Bears have been able to draft and other prospects that they've signed in the international pool i think i'm pretty okay with like targeting a guy like this that could turn into a pretty huge deal but if he doesn't other players will be able to fill out that what he could have been And i think that's kind of the idea with the international class like this is you as a team especially like the mariners you should be going out there and looking for high ceiling guys but it's also very easy to see them bust like it wouldn't be shot i wouldn't be shocked to see all of these guys bust just because that's the nature of drafting guys that are signing guys that are just so young. And I think that if you're the Mariners, you need to be going out there and trying to find the highest, the highest ceiling guys, because if you hit on them, like Julio, for example, then you're going to get in an all-star MVP caliber player with a lot of these guys. Whereas when you're going through the regular, you know, rule, not rule five, the regular draft, you know, you're kind of more in like a slotted you draft here, you draft here, you get what you get. With the international pool, it's, you know, you talk to these guys, you get to know them a little bit, and you go spend your international pool money where you see fit. Mm -hmm. I think it just makes more sense to go out there and get these guys who have the opportunity when you see them to grow into an everyday superstar. Whereas in the draft, you might be looking to be a little bit safer. And I could be wrong on how scouts look at it, but I think that when you're looking at Venezuela or the Dominican or something like that, where the Mariners have these centers. I think there's one in the DR. Yeah. I don't know if there's one in, in Venezuela or not, but you know, they get to look at these guys probably year round. I would assume once they bring them in. Mm-hmm. And so if they, th- if Joe Doyle thinks that this guy has a super high ceiling, I think that the Mariners are hitting on him. Maybe, you know, give it four or five years before we really know anything. Yeah. But if the just go out there and sign him and he does grow to what everyone thinks he could be, this could be a big win for the Mariners. Yeah, he was from the DR and the big one for this uh, international signing pool as happening in what, like a week, maybe like 10 days, I think it's on the 15th, is Dawell Joseph. And he is 16, he's 6'2", 175, he's in the top 10, he's the 7th ranked international prospect for this class. And for his scouting grades, again, it's around the same, just like 50, mix of 55s and 50s across the board, obviously higher than Leandro Romero because, well, He's in the top 10 and the other guy's not for good reason, because there's a lot of good, raw, talented skill. It's show it seems like with Joseph saying that the it's a similar build to Byron Buxton, which kind of scares me because injury history. But let's not think about that. Uh, An athletic shortstop with plus speed potential and saying that maybe he could move even out to center field because like he's super athletic, big power speed combo guy here. To me, it just screams like another Celestine signing in a way. Because, I mean, he was the second overall prospect last year in the in the international class. Maybe he sticks better at short and then Joseph maybe moves around just because, you know, it's maybe he grows into a different position or what have you. How you're saying, like, they are currently playing shortstop or whatever on their teams, but when they get to pro ball, they kind of branch out a bit. And it's another, I don't want to say, like, low risk or high risk, but I don't know. It, it just seems like when you're in this international class, it's hard to not be excited about players at the top of it because we've seen the Mariners hit on it before and we've seen other inter- like huge players in the MLB come over from the international pool and turn into superstars yeah and we saw Celestin last year get comped to Francisco Lindor mm-hmm. and if this guy is anything like that who knows what his comps would be I don't have anything as what who he could be but I think that there's no such thing as a high risk play in the international class because these guys are, you know, you're going out there, you're spending money, your international pool money, who cares, right? Go get the highest ceiling available. If they bust, they bust. And the Mariners, if they're signing a guy that's in the top 10, then obviously they're doing something right. And the Mariners have had a history of being good at this. They've had a history of going out there and finding guys like Celestine and like Julio, for example, and getting them to come to the Mariners. I think the Mariners actually have a pretty good feel for what a future star looks like when it comes to these international signings. And honestly, when you look at a lot of the players in the Mariners history, some of their best players, like let's talk Ichiro, let's talk, you know, Edgar Martinez. These are guys, let's talk Felix. These are all international guys and they are the pillars of this organization. Mm -hmm. And, the guys that we're looking at here could very easily, maybe not easily, but could be the very next pillars. You know, Julio is another guy who could be the next pillar of this organization. Maybe Celestine, maybe, you know, I maybe Duval Joseph. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, Lazaro Montes is a guy that you are super, super high on. 2021-2022 international signing period, right? So mm-hmm. he's a, currently a, the 12th ranked po- prospect in the Mariners system on MLB Pipeline. He's probably going to, I think, climb a decent amount in the next six six six-ish months but for Joseph like saying like where he could be at potentially like ranked into the system when he gets signed there's talk that Celestin since he did injure himself last year wasn't able to play a bunch by the time next year like next like 2025 he could be the number one prospect in the Mariners system there's that high of upside for him Joseph it might not be as high but there's a good chance he's going to be a top 10 prospect with the Mariners system pretty quickly and it's hard to not be excited about guys that end up there just because there's so much buzz and hype around them. And so saying that the Mares have success in that international pool is no joke because there's a flurry of them. I think each single time the prospect like list gets updated, Gina Martinez, he was the other big one from 2022. He's going to be shooting up the boards. I'd say as well, he had a fantastic DSL. So if, he trans- his, his, if his game translates and his success translates to pro ball in the States, he's also just going to keep climbing that ladder. And now that we're into 2024, we have a special announcement that we here at Mariner Mojo, as well as the You Love to See It podcast and the YouTube channel, we're going to be going out and making a creator league full of uh, Mariners content creators around Twitter, around YouTube, etc. And I want you guys to name my team. So we will have a friendly competition down below in the comments. Whoever posts the best, name down there the one that i like the most i will use that as my team name for the entirety of the year so make sure to leave those down in the comments below we appreciate you guys watching episode 49 of the hit it here podcast presented by bet online and go mariners